What is up, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Stay Tranquilo podcast, where we're here to help you stress a little bit less and enjoy a whole lot more. I'm here with uh, Jessica Martin, a.k.a. the Jessica Experience. Yeah, hello. <laughs> What's your thing? You usually go like, what up, brother? Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> so here with Jess, I've known Jess now for the better half of probably like, let me see the math, like eight years, I yeah, want to say, like since, since high school. Um Met through your cousin Vince, mm-hmm. which Shout was out pretty Vince. cool. Shout out to Vince. Um, but tell us a little bit about you, Jess. You know what you do, who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Fun about you. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Of course. I am an influencer, content creator. I also own a digital creative agency called Mood the Agency, and I also host a my own podcast, which is called Whiskey and Water, which is about female entrepreneurship and women in business. Awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I've I've actually listened to a few episodes of the whiskey and water podcast and i love the concept behind it because it's like you you're the you're the whiskey drinker and then Mm -hmm. your friend who uh, olivia right Mm -hmm. is her name uh who doesn't she doesn't drink alcohol right yeah exactly so so uh tell us a little bit about what the podcast entails you know what it originated like how how the podcast originated and and um you know what you plan on doing with the podcast for sure so me and my co-host olivia we both kind of have a really similar progression of our careers, which is we started off as models in Miami. That's how we met. And then kind of naturally transformed into like influencing and monetizing our platforms. And then we just kind of realized that Instagram wasn't really a platform that we could offer a lot more than like our physical appearances. So we just felt like we had more to offer. So I, you know, I talk a lot. would love to have a podcast so I convinced Olivia to do it with me and originally we started off as like a really like lifestyle podcast like dating sex relationships business you know anything under the sun and that was super super fun but as we kind of aged and matured a little bit it you know it wasn't really inspiring us and it was also so broad that we would kind of just sit down in front of the mics and be like what the fuck are we gonna am I allowed to cuss yeah of course yeah (laughs) and we would be like what are we gonna talk about today yeah so you know as we kind of came into like this new season of our lives where we were launching the agency we just kind of felt like women entrepreneurship female entrepreneurship women in business was a little bit more aligned for us um and you know it inspires us. It gives us really amazing guests to have on. We get to learn every week when we sit down. So that's kind of what, you know, led us to where we are now with the podcast. Cool. And I I think you touched on, on a good point and something that I actually wanted to talk about. So, you know, females in the business world and, and, and everything, you know, whatever, whatever industry it is being a female, has there been like certain obstacles that, that, that you feel like you faced, um, you know, starting the podcast, being an influencer. Obviously, I think influencer marketing skews a little bit more female than male, obviously, depending the products that you're promoting. Um, but has there been something that you think out there that has been like a challenge uh, being a female in the in the space? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really a tale as old as time to yeah. say that women are typically treated differently than men. Right. There, are, I won't say that there aren't pros and cons to that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there are things such as, like, pretty privilege and, you know, kind of being seen more because you are, you know, marketed as desirable. However, I will say that in the influencer industry, we are definitely not taken seriously as entrepreneurs or just business people in general. Right. It's really easily written off as, like, a oh, she's a dumb bitch who takes photos of herself, (laughs) you know, in bikinis and gets a bunch of likes. What they don't see is, like, the invoicing, the negotiations, like, the email, like, 
the editing, the actual content creation, the creativity that goes behind all of those things, like people just so easily want to say, you know, just write it off, which, you know, I understand. I'm not saying that it's not a preferred, you know, sort of job because I know that it's a lot of people's dream jobs and I understand that. However, there is a lot that goes to it that right. is don't easily understand how much goes into yeah. it and what exactly like an inf- being an influencer entails. For sure. And so, I mean, that's really why we started the podcast is because, you know, like I said, we had more to offer. Right. And we kind of, we, inc- we try to have a lot of transparency in the industry and kind of talk about everything that goes into it, you know, talk about how much we're getting paid because a lot of people also don't realize that this is a full-time career. I make, you know, a solid amount of money just purely off of posting photos. Yeah. And, of course, like I said, there is a lot more it's that goes fo- to it's it. It's a form, a form of advertising. I mean, exactly. I feel like influencer marketing has, for the most part, always e- existed at some capacity. Mm-hmm. What What's happened is the, the platforms of Instagram, Facebook, now TikTok, you know, Snapchat, all these different digital platforms allows the opportunity for someone like you that necessarily isn't a, a huge celebrity, right? or other people in the space that aren't huge celebrities, like the Shakiras of the world, or mm-hmm. you know, wh- whoever it may be. But it allows an opportunity to promote products and get a product in front of eyeballs that, you know, skew towards who they want to sell to. For sure. And it's a multi-billion dollar industry at this point. Yeah, and so, I mean, I feel like it's really just silly to, to invalidate yeah. it being an actual career. Yeah. When I mean, s- the, so many some people. of the largest companies are putting dollars behind you mm-hmm. know influencers like yourself yeah because it works yeah it, big and dollars. it's proven that that it's a concept that you need to do mm-hmm. and i mean if a company isn't doing influencer marketing and you know they're an established brand it's kind of just like you're behind the times right. because also it, it adds credibility to brands it adds notoriety it's like you know if your favorite influencer is posting about something you're 10 times more likely to you know try that brand versus another one yeah definitely Definitely. So you start, you started the podcast how long ago? Two years. Two years ago. Is there a specific episode that you think someone should like listen to? Like, or do you have maybe like two or three that you recommend that are some of your favorite? So, I mean, we have over a hundred episodes. Like, I think we have like 110 now at some point we actually just wrapped our season nine. Nice. So it's hard to say, because I really do love everything we put out. Like every nice. week, I'm like, this is my favorite episode. Cool. I would definitely listen to season nine, which is our most recent season. Okay. We had just really, really incredible women and people on like behind huge brands that shared incredible insight into, you know, what got them to where they were or where they are now. Like, you know, being transparent about money, being transparent about like the struggles, how to stay motivated, discipline, consistency, all of those nice. things. Okay, awesome. So then the second half of your business is uh, the mood agency or mm-hmm. mood the agency, yeah. right? So uh, tell us a little bit about that, how that kind of originated, um, you know, when you started that and, and what your plans with, with that agency is. Yeah, definitely. So we launched mood in January of 2021. So this year. So nice. it, we're about to reach our one year mark. Cool. And again, that was a really natural progression for the both of us because- of I started offering content creation as an additional service to brands. I would just say like, hey, you know, by the way, if you want photos that I'm not necessarily in, but you want like my quality of work and you want like my style, I can shoot it on my influencer and model friends and, you know, just deliver that as like an additional um, side of income. 
And that started doing really, really well for me. And that was like where I was generating a lot of income. And I happened to use Olivia as like my model for pretty much everything because, nice. of course, you know, she's not going to charge me. <laughs> so, you know, Smart for the she was, you know, she was realizing that I was getting a lot of, you know, work this way. She was getting some work that way. And yeah, so we decided to launch the agency originally purely as a content creation agency and then we decided not to like necessarily limit ourselves and now we're a full service digital agency digital agency and we offer social media account management tiktok creation content creation um you know graphic design brand audits you know things of that nature okay and i guess from like a small brand to a large brand what what have you seen working in like the digital space and in the influencer space what what is it that companies care about the most from like a marketing standpoint is it the content is it you know is it the influencers is it paid media right so where where do you see a lot of these companies going obviously some companies have larger budgets than others but Mm -hmm. for the most part where do you see them i would say the majority of our work really comes from like content creation because content is king you know like you need need video right Yeah, so we do, actually, we do a lot of, all of our content creation packages include a certain amount of, like, reels. Some, we have some packages with, um, you know, clients that are now, like, it's custom package, where we're only doing reel and TikTok content, and we're sourcing the ideas, we're sourcing the creators, and we're producing that content for them. So content is definitely king, and I think it always will be. Yeah, I agree. Um, And a lot of them are now moving into TikTok, which, you know, I think that any large brand, or, you know, large or small, should be kind of using TikTok as a platform because it's just yeah, the, the viral ability is yeah. the virability is next level. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we do a lot of influencer campaigns as well. So cool. that I think are like the two kind of things that brands are really focusing on right now. Okay. Awesome. Um, so somebody that's, you know, an aspiring entrepreneur, female, young, um, that, you know, either wants to become an influencer, wants to start, uh, you know, something in that space, what is something that you would recommend to them to like get started? Because this, you know, this is my opinion. The, the, the concept of being an influencer is becoming a little saturated, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to become an influencer. Everyone's promoting some sort of product, right? So something that I'm a very big believer in is like authenticity, mm-hmm. right? You know, originality, which I think you've always been that way. I think you're, you're very true to your colors. You're very um, on brand, I guess, <laughs> for like a, a lack of a better term, right? So, um, what, what would you recommend to someone like not only about just starting and getting going, but it's like, how can you find kind of like your niche, finding your identity and becoming an influencer in a, in a industry that's pretty much saturated. And it seems like there's one in every corner. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's a lot to unpack there. Thank you for the compliment. I appreciate (laughs) it. Um, there's a lot to unpack. So let's start with like, you know, someone that wants to become an influencer, I would say first things first, kind of decide what kind of influencer you want to be. What is something that you're passionate about? It could be fitness. It could be beauty, skincare, yeah. makeup, um, you know, wellness, body positivity, you know, like whatever is like your thing. Make sure it's something that you are truly passionate about and that you could talk about for pretty much the rest of your life. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, you you gotta be to pa- I always say like, like, you know, whether you work in sales, whether you work as an influencer, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I think there has to be like an aspect of like passion behind mm-hmm. what you're promoting, right? Because you get lost, obviously, like the dollars start coming in, right? And you're like, oh, shoot, this is nice. But then 
you don't believe in the pro- the product that you're promoting. One, mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty evident that you don't yes. really care and you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. And two, you're going to get tired of promoting mm-hmm. that. So I think, like, to your point, like, passion and, and believing in what you're promoting is a huge thing. Yeah. And, you know, you also don't have to niche down super hard. Yeah. And this is actually something that we spoke about recently with an influencer on my podcast, which I actually gained a lot of insight from because I'm a lifestyle influencer. I really promote anything that I feel like is aligned with myself and, you know, my lifestyle. Um, and so we were speaking to this influencer who was super niche and we were like, how do you incorporate different sort of partnerships? Like without limiting, limiting yourself, like let's say something that wasn't specifically on brand, you know, they reached out and they were like, Hey, we want to partner with you, but you, it's not entirely on brand for you. And she was like, well, I'd really just kind of rework it. So she's like a super like entrepreneur based influencer and you know she just has a really specific kind of content and so an example of like something that she did was she partnered with like HelloFresh which is a you know at home meal service sort of thing and you know typically that would really only be on brand for like a nutrition or wellness you know lifestyle wellness entrepreneur and she was able to rework it and say oh, you know, HelloFresh allows me to keep up this busy lifestyle. So, you know, you don't have to niche down super hard and limit yourself, but it is good to have a platform where people know what they're coming to when they go to your profile. And as far as building the brand, once you kind of find this niche that you want to... Like your personal brand. Yeah. Once you start... Because, of course, like, you know, you can be passionate about something, but if you don't know how to, like, grow the following, then you're kind of shit out of luck. Right. So I would say that in this new age, because, I mean, I've been on Instagram for... Yeah, it was, like, a, it was a work in progress. Yeah, I've been on Instagram for like nine or ten years yeah, now. And like, exactly. And I've had my following for years. So I would say that move away from Instagram a little bit. Like, it's definitely still a platform that you need to utilize. Yeah. However, I think that TikTok is really, really where it's at for new creators. Yeah, because it really does, you know, favor authenticity and just the growth is so much more organic and they're also like new and engaged people so I've noticed that you know influencers on Instagram who have a really high engagement which is what matters they have really big platforms on TikTok and on uh, YouTube and that audience converts into like this really high engaged following which of course helps with you know negotiating higher rates and things like that so I was I'm glad I'm glad that you brought that up how does that process work, right? So you have the following or you're building up this following, right? How do I, you know, obviously some of it comes to you, mm-hmm. um, but how do I go out there and say, hey, like I have this following, um, you know, this is what I promote, this is my lifestyle, this is my brand. Um, how, how do I go to market now and like say, hey, uh, I want to work with you? Yeah. And this is like a super common misconception. Like people think that like brands just come to you all the time. But the truth is the majority of my work comes from brand outreach. And this is something that any any creator to to the brands. Yes. Yeah. Doing just a ton of brand outreach with brands that I've discovered that I felt were aligned. Like I recommend pretty much anyone doing this. Like even if you have a podcast, we do brand outreach for the podcast. Um, So essentially it's, you know, it's a pitch. You're pitching yourself. So like, let's say I found... Um, a brand that I felt was aligned and, you know, I wanted to work with them. I send them, I pretty much have a template that I customize a little bit for each brand. And it's, you know, it's a little quick introduction about who I am, you know, what I do links to, you know, what I have. I tell them about my podcast. I tell them about my agency so that they know that those are opportunities as well, which helps me get a lot of people for the podcast. And it helps me get a lot of clients for my agency as well. That's where we've gotten like the majority. 
So um, from there, you know. And you reach out to these brands through, through email. email. And who in, I guess, in these brands and in these companies, who, who are you reaching out to? Is it like the marketing manager? Yeah. So typically it'll be like, you know, info at skincare.com. Oh, okay. So typically from there, they will either forward that email to the appropriate department or I can do a little bit more digging, which I tend to do. And I'll go on that person's website. So, you know, I'll go to skincare.com. I scroll to the bottom and it always says contact us. Sometimes it'll say collaborations or partnerships right. or press slash media. Okay. Sometimes you can find a more direct. Sometimes I'll just do, I'll CC anyone in the company. Like I'm, you know. Yeah. Just <laughs> kind of like winging it and see what. The squeaky wheel happens. gets oiled or yeah. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's what I do. And then sometimes if I don't hear a response, I'll DM if I feel like, or if, if they don't have the email in bio, I'll right. DM and say, hi there. I would love to work together. I feel like this is super aligned. Is there a good email that I can reach out to? I kind of always try to divert back to email because that's where you'll get money. Yeah. Because if you're just DMing a brand, it's unlikely that, you know. And the you're reality gonna, is whoever's managing that portion of the company is not. privy to be paying you even so definitely getting in their email doing a lot of follow-up i i'm really fortunate now to have like an assistant who handles all of my emails because it is a lot i draft every email to brands that i feel like are aligned but Mm -hmm. she's the one that reaches out and then she does two rounds of follow-ups if we don't hear back okay cool and um that process of you reaching out, do you have like a pitch deck that you present to these brands? Yes. Um, okay. I'm glad that you brought that up. It's it's called a media kit. Got every yes, every influencer, kit. creator, or even a podcast should have one. Okay. Um, and it really just breaks down, again, it's more of like an in-depth bio of who you are, what your passions are. It'll have some of your uh, insights and analytics. It'll have your rates and it'll have, you know, anything that is going to convince a brand to want to work with you. You know, you'll have your engagement rates, you'll have your male to female demographic, and then you'll have bundle packages, the rates for a post rates for a reel. Um, and I don't send that the first email. I usually, I make it very clear in the first email that I am looking for paid work because I'm not trying to like have them reach back out and be like, we'd love to send you a t-shirt for four posts. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. So I I make it pretty clear, but I say it nicely in the email. Like, you know, I, I would love to work together on any paid, uh, opportunities that you have coming up, something of that nature. And then, yeah, if they respond back and they want to work together, um, or they, you know, kind of show interest, we attach the PDF and say, you know, we've attached the media kit for your reference. Please take a look whenever you get a chance and, you know, let us know your thoughts. Cause it's pretty clear there that there's no, you know, unpaid opportunities. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't want, you know, just like anybody, you don't want to waste their time and you don't want to waste your time. Yeah. So, um, working as an influencer now and, and being an entrepreneur, what's one of the things that, that two things, one, what's the thing that you valued like the most out of like being an entrepreneur and, and, and being an influencer, I guess like your favorite part about that. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, what's been like one of the biggest, you know, struggles of, of being an entrepreneur and, and an influencer. So I, I, they're kind of two different things. I mean, not to say that influencers are entrepreneurs, but I kind of consider like my influencer lifestyle and my entrepreneur lifestyle kind yeah. of separate because I, you know, the agency is its whole, of whole course. monster. Of course, that's a whole other monster in itself. But definitely. as far as like, you know, my, my favorite thing about influencing is definitely like the just insane opportunities that I've gotten. Like I've really traveled the world and gotten paid for it, yeah. which is unreal to me. Like I can't believe it's my life (laughs) the majority of the time like it's it's you know I still I'm at a loss for words for you know the opportunities that come to me and just like the really really incredible people that I get to meet 
Um, so that's definitely my favorite part. And my least favorite part is definitely like the stigma that comes with it, especially like, like if, if I meet someone out or even before I launched like my agency and yeah. someone would be like, Ooh, what do you do? I, I do not say influencer, yeah. you know, usually I say content creator because I feel like that. I mean, that is the, the majority of yeah, what I do. What, it is what you do. Yeah. You know, I, I create content for brands. I just happen to also post it and get paid for it. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a stigma associated with it. And people do, you know, associate being an influencer with a lack of intelligence, you know, just as they would with modeling. Yeah. Um, and even when I was purely modeling, I never said I just model. You right. know what I mean? So that's definitely my least favorite part. Do you do any of the modeling stuff still or not really? Um. I do. I'm, I'm with a couple agencies and they send me castings, but I really only go to castings for anything that one is like directly requested. Like they saw me and said, we want to see her in person um, because it, they, it's super time consuming. Yeah. Um, and I only go to things that honestly have high budgets just because, you know, like when I can make what I would make on a day long shoot in one post, it's kind of just like hard to justify working that much. Yeah. It's yeah. a very privileged thing to say, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it it's a reality it right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to go with it. Um, so a big part of this podcast is um, is mental health. Obviously, you know, always want to provide value in, in all the conversations that we do. Um, but one thing that's like a, a big, big stronghold in social media is the issues that are coming out with mental mm -hmm. health, right? And, and a lot of these platforms, whether they're doing the right things or they're not doing the right things, are making changes to kind of ac accommodate towards mental mm -hmm. health, right? Like taking out how many likes there are, YouTube's taking out the dislike button or hiding the dislike button. Um, so these platforms are, I guess, being aware of the issue, again, whether it's the right things or not. What what has social media done in terms of, of, of people's mental health, right? And where do you see these platforms going? Because it's clear that it's affecting, you know, there's depression that's increased, um, anxiety that's increased, um, body dysmorphia has increased, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of issues that obviously it, it provides so much, but at what cost, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess to you, it doesn't necessarily have to be to your personal. What have you seen the effect of social media on, on mental health? Yeah, I would definitely say yeah, that I'm it's... I'm going to crack this open yeah. because I'm very get, thirsty. Get in I there. I know you don't uh, drink, but I'm going to crack my Johnny Q open. Hey. <laughs> but we're going to bring whiskey for you on the next, next one. Next one. Right. I'm, I'm there. I'm game. So I would, I would say that, you know, it's kind of interesting for me to talk about because it's like I have never really just been on social media as a as someone who was not an influencer. You know, like I've always, right. always seen it as a job. And so... I, I, it affects my mental health specifically in different ways because I just get burnt out. I compare myself, mm -hmm. I compare my content, not really myself, but I know that a lot of people, you know, struggle with their self image because, you know, they're seeing these people posting these incredibly curated, edited photos yeah. that, you know, is incredibly hard to achieve unless you are literally skilled in it. You know, like I take a million photos and only one gets to the feed. Yeah. And it's the one that, you know, I look the best in the lighting hit different. Yeah. It's, you know, it's touched up, it's clean, it's edited. And, you know, that's just my job as a creator is to create this aesthetically pleasing content. And, you know, I know a lot of people that edit their bodies and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, change, change their faces apps. a lot. And, you know, I won't lie. Of course, if I edit like, I try to edit like pimples and distracting stuff because, it's kind of your job to make an aesthetically pleasing photo for the brands, you know, mm -hmm. like they don't want you to have a giant like pimple when they're, you're promoting their product. Cause it's yeah. like, you know, but one thing that 
I will never do is like edit like my body. And I know that that specifically is one of the things that affects a lot of younger women that are on these platforms because they look at, and even myself, you know, I look at these other people who have these incredible bodies, whether it's in, whether they're real, cause it can be in video or it can be in photo. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard not to compare yourself, but it's, you know, it's one of the one things that I try not, that I don't do because I know how dangerous yeah, it can fall, be. Fall victim into it. Yeah. And, and exactly. become an enemy of your mind. Exactly. And once you kind of get into that, that sort of, because I know a lot of I know a lot of my friends edit their videos, which is totally fine. Edit their photos, and you know they do it for similar reasons that like you know they want to create this image that they want people to like be sought after. Right. But at the end of the day, I just feel like it does more bad than good. Right. You exactly. know. So yeah. I know it affects a lot of people, like with body dysmorphia and kind of just chasing you know these unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. of you know what they're supposed to look like, but. As, f- as far as, like, my, my own personal experience, it's – I can't super speak on it because of yeah. the way I've always treated it. Of course. And I, I think you, you're one of those people that have always been, um, I guess, you know, going back to, like, your brand. Like, you've always been someone that's like, hey, this is me. Mm-hmm. If you like it, good. Yeah. If you don't, then whatever. Right? Yeah, and, and I'll say even to that effect, like – I think a lot of people think that I'm like that all the time, but that's not, of you know. Of course not, but, but, that's, yeah. but that's how you want to treat it because yeah, you realize, course. like, it's better to treat it that way than to become victim, to be like, I got to be this perfect person. Of I got to hit this standard. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to be way. realistic that, like, even even if these people are coming off as like, oh, I don't give a fuck, and yeah. I, I am who I am, which is my attitude the majority of the time, and right. it is what kind of helps keep me grounded. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even myself... It's, you're it's, human. Yeah. It's, it, we all have these thoughts. And I think that that's the biggest thing, right? Like, we all struggle saying, like, damn, you know, there's always, like, um, the line from J. Cole, right? He goes, there's always going to be someone that has a bigger house. There's always going to be, you know, a, a guy that has a prettier girlfriend mm-hmm. or, a, you know, a wealthier, a wealthier lifestyle. There's always going to be someone that's, quote, unquote, better yeah. than the life that you're living, right? In your eyes, right? But you're never going to be happy until... You, you appreciate yours. what's yours, right? Yeah. Exactly. And so you love yours, right? So, and I, and in, in my other, and some of my other episodes, I always come back to that line because that line is one of the most true lines, um, you know, that, that at least that's resonated with me because if we get stuck in this constant like battle of like, com, com, basically what it is, is comparing, comparison, right? Yeah. Um, we're never, we're never going to be happy, right? So it, it comes down to us having to realize, okay, this is my life. This is who I am. And this is what I want to promote. You want to root for me? Go for it. If you don't, then that's fine. But if you know and you're very clear about what you're doing, then the rest, I think, becomes a little bit smaller and it doesn't become as as, as relevant, right? Like yeah. your brand is your brand as a person and, and, and for the work that you do. And if you don't get so stuck on worrying about what the others are doing, then you get to focus more about who you are and mm-hmm. people will, you know, kind of follow you for who you are. Eventually. Yeah, you, you can't start your journey on self-hatred and self-deprecation yeah. and expect, you know, that expect anything good to come from that. Yeah. You know, like you have to love who you are now and where you're at now. Yeah. And then you'll grow in love and you'll grow in abundance when you and when, was, when those are the things that you're, you know, manifesting in the in the moment. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I started this, I listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been a, an aspiring entrepreneur and, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, but nowhere near where, you know, where I want to be, um, in terms of the goals that I have for myself. But a lot of things that I do is I catch myself, okay, 
this guy's doing this, I got to do this, this mm-hmm. guy's doing that, I got to do that, right? But then I've realized I lose my authenticity as to who I am as my brand, who I am as a person, and what I want to accomplish, right? It's like being so focused on what you want to do and what you want to achieve, the rest doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Obviously, you can you can learn from others, you can, you can piggyback off what others are doing, but at the end of the day, just stay true to what makes you, I guess, happy, you know? And, and and what you care about and the rest like you said will kind of like take care of itself yeah and I think there's a quote that goes like comparison is the thief of joy right and you can definitely be inspired by others and yeah. of course like I think that comparison is really just natural in our you know it's it's innate yeah. and I think it's fine to compare when it's in the you know realm of inspiration and not the realm of like self-hatred and why am I not enough? But I mean, of course we need to be inspired by other things. And that's kind of what I say for a lot of people who are even in the social media space, you need to unfollow brands or not brands, but people, influencers, even brands that don't inspire you or that you realize you're looking at and comparing yourself and being like, this is, you know, this isn't serving me. Yeah. That's an awesome point that you brought up because it's, it it, it takes like a level of awareness, right? So if I'm, you know, shamelessly just scrolling through the feed of TikTok, Instagram, right? And you're not really like aware of what your reaction is to a certain post that you saw or an image that you saw or, a you know, a caption that you read and you realize, wait, like there's been times where I'm sitting there and I'm like in a bad mood after getting off of Instagram, yeah. right? And I'm like, what was it that set that trigger when I was mm-hmm. on, you know, on social media, right? It was probably me comparing and realizing, oh, wow, I'm not here, um, I'm not at that level, like mm-hmm. I suck, you know, whatever it is that I'm telling myself in my head, but it's some sort of trigger that I'm seeing. And, you know, the average person spending six, eight hours a day on these platforms, right? Yeah. So that's a lot of mush that you're feeding into your brain. So I think, like you said, filtering what type of content that you're putting out there, you know, listening to podcasts instead of spending eight hours on social mm-hmm. media, listening to some song that you've probably heard 30 times, like, put the music off for a second and feed yourself with some like motivational talk or, mm-hmm. or inspiring or, or talk, educational silence. talk si- and silence. Give, which, your, give yourself some silence. You know what I mean? How freaking. Yeah. Yeah. Do you meditate? Yeah, I do. Okay. And what, what does that practice uh, like look like for look me? Like for you? So I try to do it every morning cause I okay. just feel like it's the best time to kind of mm-hmm. include that silence and don't get me wrong. I'm not fucking perfect. I don't do it every morning. There's I should. Sh- that's the beauty of a medica- med- uh, meditation. There is, there's no perfection. Behind exactly. It. It's perfectly imperfect. And I, and I also, so to, answer, to finish your question every morning, I, yeah. I use the app headspace okay, and cool. I just do those guided meditations, which I, which I really, really love. Okay. But I also try to meditate in like small moments, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like, like while I'm washing the dishes, mm-hmm. I am so present while, and that was like one of the things that I actually got from, I think from another podcast, Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, be all there when you're doing these things, when you're folding laundry, be all there. And I found that, you know, just kind of letting myself really just focus on these one things, not like think about like all the the million fucking things that I need to do right after this. I found that that was really therapeutic. I mean, I find that being in the gym, those are meditative moments for myself as well. Cause I really just tune out you know, get in touch with my body and, you know, meditate that way as well. Yeah. And I'm, that's, that's a good point because people have the the misconception that meditation is sitting down and like closing mm. your eyes and, um, right? yeah, exactly. you know, like the, which that is a form of meditation. Yeah. And I think is a very fa- powerful form, but it's a little intimidating, right? Cause for, sure. for the people that have tried or haven't tried, it's like you sit there and that's when your mind starts wandering at yeah. a million miles an hour and they call 
the you know the monkey mind right yeah. where it's bouncing from thought to thought you're thinking about you know the plans for later what you haven't done for work um whatever it is that's running your mind family issues work issues whatever it may be all those thoughts are in your head right and that's that's what meditation is yeah and it feels uncomfy because now all of a sudden you think you meditate you close your eyes it's and you're guilting and you're guilting yourself and, exactly. and that's like the opposite of what it's you're supposed to be it's doing judgment. Yeah. yeah you're passing judgment on yourself right mm -hmm. so pa part of that meditation is you sitting there and being like hey I realize this thought, maybe I do have to do that, but right now that's not what's important. Yeah. Right now what's important is what I'm doing here right now. And that goes back to what you were saying about washing the dishes, right? Mm -hmm. Or when you're driving your car or whatever it is that you're doing, you're cooking food. Be very conscious. You're not being yeah. present when you're thinking about work while you're cooking dinner, right? Or you're thinking about your relationship and you're doing something for work, right? You're yeah. not present in that meeting, right? Here in this podcast, right? Our, our, our minds may want to wander somewhere, right? Thinking about what I got to cook the pig tomorrow for Nochebuena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm not going to be present here in this conversation, yeah. right? So it's about being grounded and about being so present now that everything else is irrelevant. Yeah, falls And that's the, the perfect background. form of, of like mindfulness and a version of, of meditation, like you said. Yeah, and, and people don't realize that it's also a practice. Mm -hmm. Like the first time I ever sat down to meditate it wasn't silent at all at i was all. like mm, what are people doing it takes, when they it takes i was time, like just like anything you don't grow i was like this is meditation yeah what's good with people and like the, and the perfect way i like to to use it like as a comparison is um you know you go to the gym your muscles don't just grow after one day at the gym right yeah it's months exactly. years of going to the gym that you start to see results from a physical standpoint it's yeah. the same thing on the mental side 100 you start on the treadmill for five minutes right then you bump it up to seven minutes the next week, 10 minutes the next week. And before you know it, you're running for 30 minutes, right? Same thing with meditation. You sit down and meditate for two minutes, for three minutes, and you slowly progress. It, it's it's a work in progress. But mm -hmm. we're so stuck in this, like, instant gratification right now that it's like, it's got to be now, it's got to be now, it's got to be now, that people don't want to put in, like, the time and the effort to, like, get the results that come from that. It's the perfect mix of consistency and discipline. Yeah. Like, discipline that is huge. what creates results i mean 100%. it's literally a formula that's right then and there in your face everyone wants to know how do you you know how do you blow up on social media overnight how do yeah. you do this overnight how do i get rich quick that's and if, if you look it up those are all the captions on google yeah. it's like how do i get rich quick how do a i get a hundred thousand followers in a week you know it's not like, not how do i stay consistent not how do i cultivate mm -hmm. discipline you know yeah. what i mean so that's that's the, that. that's the that's the formula amen to that i love it all right, so uh, before we wrap up, there's a segment of the show that, that we included. It's called uh, Talk Taranki to Me, right? So it's just like quick, uh, rapid questions towards the end of the end of the show um, just to like get a little bit about you, and then we're going to incorporate kind of like a, a fun segment on social media to get people involved. Uh, so the first question that I wanted to ask you is uh, beach or mountains? Beach, all day. All day. Miami. I, I figured. Three or five till I die. Uh, hell yeah. All right. Um, action movies or scary uh, scary movies? Action movies, all action day. Movie. Favorite, favorite movie? Um, I really love like Taken and then like the Bourne Ooh, series. Okay, nice. Yeah. All the Takens or just the first first Taken? The first Taken. Okay. Also, I mean, I don't really know. I guess the MCU counts as action. Yeah. But like, I, I that's a whole other thing to me. I fucking love the MCU. Sick, okay. And then uh, obviously we're, you know, or Spanglish brand, Miami brand, mm -hmm. uh, between Johnny Cuba and Stay Tranquilo. Um, do you have a favorite Cuban dish? Cuban food um, dish. I don't know if you're a big Cuban I'm food I'm actually person. half Nicaraguan. 
Okay. Or so, it could be Nicaraguan if that works so for you. So if we can go, because I don't really know a lot of Cuban dishes. Okay, okay. Um, but Tres Leches is sh- nice. my go-to. Have it in, in, as a Cuban dish. Is it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just know the one my grandma makes, and that's about it. And it's bomb. Oh, fine. So your grandma makes the best Tres Leches then? She did. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> rest in peace. Well, it's kind of fucked up, my bad. Did she, did she, like, leave you guys the recipe? Absolutely. Like, okay, good, good, good. I had chased her down the It's funny because it. every time you ask about, like, a, a, like a, a favorite uh, Spanish dish, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a restaurant. It's not, like, one of us that no, makes no, it. No. It's, it's grandma abuelas. that makes the best. It's abuela's food. It's always abuela that makes the best. That's mm. crazy. I wonder which. They should have a contest of abuelas versus abuelas. To see who makes the best like, certain like, like, dishes. Like, 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 it's always like, does Isla, Canar- Carias, um, Isla Canarias or La Careta or Versailles have the best mm-hmm. croqueta? No, it should be which abuela makes the best croqueta. You're on to something here, dude. I think we're, I think we're on to something. Um, all right, what else did I want to ask? Oh, so you said that you traveled a lot. What's the best destination that, that you've been to? Ooh, that's hard because, like, they all just serve different purposes, right. you know? Um, I would say that like my favorite place to like return to and where I honestly just feel like the best in my like soul is Ibiza, which <laughs> I know it sounds like kind of people like, is, like go there to party and stuff, right. but it's honestly just like a really magical. Two, that's two for two place. on, on right, Ibiza's in Spain, yeah, right? It is. Last uh, one when I interviewed him was, uh, was Spain. He wasn't Ibiza, but it was Spain yeah. as well. No, it, it's, it's a really incredible place. Really? Mm-hmm. And, um, have you said that was a place that you return to? Is there like another place that maybe you visited, but maybe not? Oh yeah, I mean I can go off on. You can go um, off on a tangent. I I love Croatia. Croatia was. Dude, that's on my bucket list dude, for sure. Dude, you have to go. Just one of the most incredible places. So beautiful, so nice. Um, and then I really, really enjoyed like Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Okay. Of course, you know those are pretty nice, like mainstream places, but just uh, honestly, just like an, a different world. Like it just kind of opened my eyes to a lot. Of like, especially because, well, you know, a, you kind of think that the Middle East, culture as well. yeah, and you also like, I went there scared, like I was like nervous about like what was going to happen, yeah. but it was, it was so amazing and nice and the people were incredible and just a lot of money there. It's really cool. Shit ton of money there. Yeah. I went ice skiing or I went skiing inside in, oh, in yeah, Dubai. Like that, that indoor skiing yeah. facility that they have. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? That's, that's when you know you have a lot of money. Exactly. I was like, this is place. the richest thing I've ever done. Yeah. That's crazy. And then uh, before we close out, I want you to recommend uh, a podcast and a book that you recommend. I'm assuming you're going to recommend Whiskey and Water as your podcast. Yeah, I have. A, I mean, <laughs> of course, you know, Whiskey and Water. Go check it out. Um, but I also love Rob Dial's um, Motivation podcast. Um, I can't remember like the exact name, but if you look up Rob Dial. Mm-hmm. And it's really dope because they're like 10 to 15 minute um you know, segments, and I usually do that every morning while I'm walking my dog, and that's how I start off my day, and it's dope because he's kind of like no bullshit. And then I also love um, Bigger Pockets, which is a real estate yes, podcast. that's a really good one. I, have, I, I mean, shit, that, that yeah. just so much good knowledge there. I'm not even, like, I don't even have any properties under my belt yet, but yeah. I will because of this podcast. Yeah, and yeah, no, no. Just he's really, really dope, like, one about of the, money. One of, the, one of the episodes that we're recording, um, the guy that's coming on, he's a huge advocate for, for bigger pockets. Bigger pockets. Oh, and nice. A lot of his foundation of knowledge in the finance and real estate world has come from, I mean, from that podcast. It is like so rich with information and knowledge. Like you would be crazy not to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, and then as far as books, um, a book that changed my life was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Have you read of course, it? Of course, yeah. I've read it oh, like four incredible. times. Yeah, so same. Good. 
it's so fucking good. And not everyone is like ready to receive that information. I agree. But I agree. but if you are looking for You're not gonna really process everything. Yeah. You could read it and, no, under, no. and it'll give you a foundation, but you gotta be in some sort of headspace and understanding yes. to really grasp everything that's in that book. One hundred percent. Like you I, I would recommend, you know, t- really taking your time. This is not a book that you'll fly through. I think it took me like six months yeah, the first time I read it. There's a reason why I've read it a couple times exactly. too. And every time I read it I it's something gather new. something else. Yeah. Really a hundred percent changed my life, changed like the trajectory of my growth in my life. And then aside from that, also like the four agreements. I think that well. I think that if you're not entirely that's ready for the e- power of now read for sure. Yeah, the four agreements is definitely a good starting place for anyone. If if you like the power of now, there's another book called The Untethered Soul. Red, Ben, incredible, amazing. Incredible. That that one hit that so one, hard. I honestly I could reread that. Yeah, I could. That re- one I've yeah. been wanting to reread because that one that took that also took yeah. me six months. That one that it one was you, deep. Yeah, that one it like takes you into a, another like headspace. Yeah, You're just like whoa. Did okay. you read A New Earth after No The Power of Now? No. So that's like the the brother book okay you know, I like is this a sequel or? it's kind of a sequel okay. but i don't think really like okay. i don't think you have to but that one's also incredible okay what's it called the a new earth new earth new earth yeah okay. got it really dope all right cool so we're wrapping it up obviously johnny cuba johnny we're cuba with the Stay power tranquilo. of johnny cuba we're here staying Cheers, tranquilo brother. with johnny cuba um <laughs> next time we'll have some whiskey on the yeah. on the show <laughs> um but obviously we want everyone to follow you. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you have your, the agency, the podcast. So yeah. let them know where, where they can kind of find you and, and stay in tune with everything that you got going on. Yeah, of course. So me on Instagram, just the Jessica Experience, super douchey name. I know let's not talk about it. And then we have Whiskey and Water, which is, you know, available on Apple, Spotify. You can also check us out on Instagram at Whiskey and Water Podcast. And then we also have the Digital Creative Agency, which is at Mood the Agency, where we post a lot of our work. If you have a brand, hit us up. Maybe we can do some content for you. Oh, yeah. I love it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Stay Tranquilo podcast. It was obviously a pleasure having you on. And hopefully you guys benefited from it and and we let you, uh, you know, and helped you stay a little tranquilo today. And if you didn't, then make sure to grab a Johnny on your way out. (laughs) Thanks, guys.